Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Our number two, Rogers and Hanley, until 11, 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to jump on. We talked a lot about Andrew Benintendi signing with the White Sox during the first hour. We got to the Bulls over the last 30 minutes. Frustration there continues to grow. I mean, let's think about it, Brian. A home-and-home series with a day off in between against the Knicks. It's not the Celtics, right? It's not the Bucks. And you looked worse in Game 2 than you did in Game 1, and you lost Game 1. Just a terrible execution effort last night, especially uh, in the second half. You know, the first half was a little bit closer, but, I mean – they did nothing right. Out rebounded on the offensive class, fifteen to two. I don't think you see that very often in the NBA. No, no, you don't. And, and when we were talking yesterday, well before that game, you you said, well, you know, they should win tonight because it's very tough for you know a home and home for a team to win both those games, right? So Knicks coming on the road to the United Center, and you know the Bulls had a lead midway through the second quarter. Next thing you know, it, it's a game at halftime and. Shortly into the third quarter, the the Bulls are on the on the mat again. So it it you know it's great to hear De- Demar Rosen say we played like bleep. You heard Zach Levine after say we were terrible. We got to be better. Well, everyone knows that you know at least they're saying the right things because, like I said, the White Sox wouldn't even go there throughout the season. You know, Tony when when he was around would quash any of those questions about character, leadership, morale, effort. You know, he basically would question the questioner, like, what are you watching, you know? Yeah. And and then when the the season was all but, you know, over, you started hearing some of the veteran players come out. And and when Kratos questioned, you know, we better show some heart if we have any. And then Tony went after, you know, why would he say that? Well, then in the final few weeks, the chorus started singing them. Yeah, it could have been better. We don't have any any, um, morale in the locker room's terrible. We have clicks and we have this and that and the other thing. But this Bulls team, it's it's easier because of the the numbers to to turn around a, a basketball team than it is a baseball team, wouldn't you say? Um, because yeah. of the roster, of just a handful of guys compared to twenty five plus in a in a clubhouse through one sixty two. But it, it's it's just it's so disappointing right now to look to look at the sports landscape and. You know, the Bears are going to have a real test against Philadelphia tomorrow at Soldier Field, and it's all about Justin Fields. So. As long as he's healthy and, and he had a little cold or something on Wednesday, but he was back at it um, on, on Thursday, Friday. So here's hoping that he shows improvement for the, the final stretch of the season here and then uh, Ryan Poles can get to get to spending that $115, $120 million cap space in the offseason. You know, you and I, I hate to age us both, but have been involved in sports radio in this town for decades and Every so often, we have to bring this topic up. How, you know, who's the worst of the worst in yeah. town? And we're in a moment in time where this is a theme in sports radio in, in Chicago right now. Um, teams rebuilding, teams underachieving, teams um, not not uh, playing up to even uh, medium expectations. Yep. And, and that's kind of been a theme right now. And, yeah, along the lakefront tomorrow, it could be really ugly. Of course, it's the NFL. Uh, but if, and so anything can happen. If the Bears come up with an upset, it's the upset of the year, in my opinion. It's 
it's the NFL upset of the year if they beat the Eagles, even if oh, it's at home. I mean, that, that offense of the Eagles, they're 12-1 and one for a reason. They're steamrolling teams. Their defense is uh, – they have the best defensive passer rating in the league. So it's not like the offense is just the, the only unit doing anything. So, you know, Jalen Hurts coming to town, it, it's – they've got more than their hands full. But Ryan, our caller, just said, even if the Cubs sign – Dansby, Dansby Swanson, he's still going to be disappointed. And as a Cubs fan, I'm there too. If they don't sign the last guy standing, and, and I love to pick your brain because, you know, what is the, what's the exercise here? I mean, what, what's the goal here if you don't even land one of those guys, one of the four? And I've seen reports where they just talk parameters with Carlos Correa's agent and, you know, never really got into term and money and, weren't really in the serious negotiations. And yet for months I've seen Correa's name associated with the Cubs. And now not by me, Brian, no, no, <laughs> not by but, me. I have uh, been, I never thought they were down the road on Correa or any of those other three. Um, I always thought that they'd be outbid on those three. And then more recently I was, I, I've been higher on Swanson, but, um, uh, but you could ask the question, why not, you know, why not? And you could also ask the question why we're, reports tying them to Correa so much, you know, maybe that, let me just, just to go on a tangent. There's so many, so much reporter doing somebody's bidding out there. I try not to, I don't think I do that, but others do. Um, And that's why you see conflicting reports so often. How about the Xander, Xander Bogarts and Swanson story? Give me a break. Yeah. Right. You're going to get two. Well, when one would do, no, (laughs) sure you are. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, yes, uh, you know, I'm a little more torn than most. I, I, I'm, I agree. The only way to jump into the next class is to sign a couple of these guys. But I, I understand also, like, you need to be a little careful. I mean, uh, what are the Rangers going to win this year? And what are they, what are they even going to get over, uh, out of DeGrom over the next five years? Now, again, it's only money. It's not ours. It's the only, but, you know, eventually you run out of it. And there, you could be too aggressive. You could be too conservative. And, and certainly it seems like Jed is in the too conservative mode. I, I said a year ago, I think his plan is simply to wait for all the prospects he's gathered to mature and then fill in the blanks like they did the first time around. Because okay, the, only so- other, the only other option is really to try to buy a championship. And I'm not even sure you can do that because you have a bunch of super teams out there, but that doesn't mean you don't take some big steps and Swanson or Correa would have been a big step. So I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm on that fence. I'm kind of going back and forth a little bit, probably more than most fans that just want to see them throw money at everything. Well, you mentioned early in the show, the, the, the return they got for Darvish. Now, if memory serves, they got numbers, but none of them were even in the top, 20 of the Padres prospects. I mean, they were just 17 year old kids. They exactly. Were, it's hard to even rate them because right. they were so young. Right. But yes. So, they were, there were no Chris Bryant's in there. No. Right. I mean, there was, and look, prospects are that, but there was no buzz to any of them. Right. I mean, Not I think really. it was like there, what they get four of them. If I remember, yeah, Whatever. it was four of them. And you're Canadian hoping kid. one would be yeah, there, You know, there's some talent there, but no, no, no can't miss. No absolute, you know, they're 17 anyway. So how could you say anything? Right. Right. So now now you're saying Jed's in, in wait mode to see the, the prospects come through the system. OK. Pro Armstrong. OK. You know, you got a guy with a back. Who are those guys that are going to be here within the next two or three years who are going to impact anything and actually 
be difference makers. I mean, well, that's a hell of a thing. A lot of pressure. To, there is no Chris Bryant who everyone said was a can't miss. And no, no, first, let me just say, but of course this game isn't played on paper. Right. Uh, Matt Mervis a year ago was an unknown. Now he's still an unknown at the major league level, but he did rip through the minors. So sure. my point is we, we do have to give them a chance. Mervis will be one. Uh, they're absolutely holding center field for PCA, P. Crow Armstrong. That's yeah. why Bellinger is just one year. Goodbye. And then it's PCA's job. No, I agree with you on paper. It, it, but you got to give a few guys a shot like Mervis for sure. Because who knows? Maybe he is the next Rizzo. I don't know. Because um, he certainly is performing at, at, at the minor leagues and, and other in Arizona Fall League. But I'm with you, Brian. It's hard to see the next MVP on the team like we saw with Chris Bryant. Look, when the Twins tried to keep Correa, offering 10 years, 285, and now they're supposedly in on Swanson. Again, I know you know Tom Ricketts will tell you time and again and remind you whenever you're around that spending money does not – there's not direct correlation between spending money and winning baseball games or, or a division or anything higher than that. But the body evidence of late is the teams that do that do it more often than the teams that don't. and. Right. Right. When you're sitting here in this market and your fan base is as loyal as it has been, and I know they're down to averaging 30, 32,000 instead of 44,000, that's still pretty good for a team that was you know, barely a minor league club. And they played great in the second half and competed. And then I guess I give credit to, to David Ross and his staff for that. And you know, Absolutely. You, Young players that are hungry, you would hope they are going to show up every day because they're trying to And they're turning turning pitchers out, relievers. I've heard from other teams that are impressed by what the Cubs are doing, developing relievers, and then they trade them. But, you know, Steele and Thompson are are, as good as anybody they've developed in the last decade on the mound, I think. But when Philly has a couple $300 million players, I mean, they just got another one. Yeah, San Diego, if there's a, a marquee move to make, they're, if they don't actually make it, they're in, in the conversation in yeah. earnest. There's no excuse for this. I mean, there's no excuse for Jed to be in this patience as a virtue mode. I mean, it, it, well, it is. Well, and if there is, Brian, you gotta you have to be transparent about it. That, it you know, that's the other thing, the messaging. Yeah. You, you, you're going to need to say, hey, we need to be patient. Told these. And he has said it in different ways, you know, uh, about the prospects, but – and then on the other hand, they, they say we have money to spend. And, uh, you know, so it, it's just it's it's a combination of things that I think are getting Cub fans frustrated. Well, Phillies, Padres and Giants signed a combined 35 years for 930, almost a billion dollars worth of contracts for the shortstops. Right. Yeah. And then you go up and down and you watch even smaller market teams. I mean, and God, by the way, congrats to Carlos Rodon for six years at 162 million. The, the, the guy he bet on himself. And he's proven it, right? I mean, he, he, he got his payday after fighting through injury and, and people on the south side giving up on him. And he goes out to San Francisco and he delivers. And now he's got the, the money. But, you know, you were asking Chuck Garfine, why would you be surprised if 5 and 75 for Benatendi? It's a $12 billion in industry. And, you know, they got an extra $30 million per team with, with the, the Disney money that came out of the sky last year. Mm-hmm. They're flush. I mean, they're, they're, the Cubs are flush. Oh, yeah. That's why, that's why these owners don't – some of these owners don't give a darn. They've got no. plenty of money, and they want to win. Um, and w- are, some are willing to do whatever it takes. 312-332-3776 is the phone number. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the Cubs are just in a, in a weird spot. I've been saying this since the beginning of the, the offseason. To thread this needle, to try to compete really soon, 
and deal with the long term is just tough in this in this environment of good playoff teams last year. Like with the third wild card, Brian, that we thought there'd be some flukish teams getting. No, these were good teams. The Phillies were the were the six seed yep. um, in the in the in the NL. I mean, these were good teams all over the place, and most of them spend money. The Rays maybe being the exception. So, and then among, like I said before, among the twelve players, you have a few super teams that have developed. And so, how can the Cubs? you know, sort of thread that needle that I'm talking about. Um, one way is to, you know, spend a little bit more than more money than you might be comfortable with. And I actually think the Ricketts family uh, is, is going to be okay with that this off season. Maybe I'm being naive and this is on Jed to sort of maybe get out of his comfort zone um, or fine, wait for the prospects, but at least admit that, at least admit that's what you're doing. So that's well, kind of my, where I am with it. I, I wonder how many Cub fans are like Ryan, our, our last caller, that, you know, how how frustrated are you? And I didn't go to a game last year. And that's the first time in forever that I didn't show up at Wrigley Field. And I'm like Yerk. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be you know, the, the show-me state guy. You know, prove sure. it to me. Show me something. Give me something. I'm not going through that turnstile. I'm not buying one of those uh, overpriced beers or anything. Um until I know you, you at least have the, the intention of trying to compete for something. But, and I know they decreased some of their t- ticket prices and they at least acknowledge that they, you know, they have to give something to the fans, but yeah. they're still what they're still top five MLB and average ticket price. It's still a very pricey proposition. And I, I wonder how many season ticket holders are re-upping and or is it just blind faith in Jed? And you said it, at least when Theo came in town and it was bleak, he, I mean, he just laid the plan out there and told you it was going to take some time and there was going to be, you know, the the looking at through, you know, whatever, two prisms and all. I mean, he at least laid out a plan and he and Jed actually executed the plan. But Jed's been very coy about what exactly spending intelligently means. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, and Theo took took some big swings. We have yet to see Jed necessarily do that. 312-332-3776. You mentioned Yerk as we go to break here. I asked him quickly yesterday on the air, and this is in hindsight because, look, I think it's terrible that they didn't get anything for Schwarber or Rodon, but one was hitting 210, one kind of finished. I, I, I'm not, I don't care, but even, if, even in hindsight, even if we give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt, which was the worst non-tender, Schwarber or Carlos Rodon? The idea that both stars yep. leave town and you get nothing for them, you didn't, even, you didn't re-sign him, you didn't even tender him a contract, you didn't trade him, it's just crazy. So even if, in, if you want to give them a break at the moment, we didn't know what they'd be, fine. But in hindsight even, which was the worst non-tender? I want Brian to answer that, and you can as well. 312-332-3776. We're here to 11 on ESPN 1000. Show here 312-332-3776, The number if you want to jump on. We've got some phone calls, Brian. Uh, you've heard our opinion. Let's get yours, Larry in Wrigleyville. You're next up on ESPN 1000. What's up, Larry? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. I wanted to ask you about a couple free agents that nobody really talks about. You, go ahead. you got me? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think Justin Turner and Michael Brantley are both real good hitters and. Uh, if the Cubs added those guys, they'd be competing for a wild card right away. 
thanks for the call, Larry. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. They're both a little bit, you know, getting up there in age. I like both players. I, I, I kind of like Brantley more than Turner. Brantley was hitting well until he got hurt last year. Um, I, you know, I would, I would take either one on this Cubs team. Like, it doesn't yeah. take a lot to improve them, Brian. But even, I don't even think they're as, the biggest difference even, makers. No, even as bridge players to get you to where yeah. you want to go. I mean, I they might, they won't be here when you're going to actually win something, whenever right. that may be. But it would, it would improve, and just veteran, you know, presence in the clubhouse would be worth something, and 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 wouldn't cost you as much as Jason Hayward. Um, but it it couldn't hurt. I mean, you know, that's not exactly. You know, top shelf moves I'm looking for, but if you want to, you know, shop in a, the middle tier aisle, I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, Michael Brantley's a guy I liked for the White Sox to start this offseason. Leadership skills won't cost you too much. Short-term deal, they went one better. They got Andrew Benintendi, who's in his prime. I mean, uh, Brantley's 35, so I, I, I yeah. like the fact that they – I didn't think they'd be in the Benintendi sweepstakes Um I, I, I would not have a, a problem with Brantley or Turner short-term. I mean, again, no. you're just trying to bridge the gap to something bigger if you're Chicago Cubs. And by the way, I want to say one more thing about Andrew Benintendi. You know, there's a guy that's had 41 doubles, 40 doubles, uh, 16, 17 home runs. At least you know, it's, it's, it's some damage there, some slugging damage. It's dropped off. It's dropped off. Now, we have to find out why. Those are going to be questions when he has his press conference. But the point is he has it in him. Not that long ago, it's not like he's 35 and it's dropped off and you're going to expect it to continue. He's still in his prime. So I, I really want to investigate that. But I assume there's a guy that can hit more than 23 doubles and five home runs, as he did last year. Again, well, Chuck mentioned it. Maybe you're spraying the field more. He did have a 304 batting average, 320 batting average with Kansas City. So maybe he sacrificed some power. But I'd like to think the balance between power and, and, and making contact can be there for him again. Well, when you reference that uh, this is the you know franchise uh, best signing or, or most expensive signing yeah. in history, um, you referenced uh, since Grandel. I don't see I don't see Benatendi falling off like Grandel has fallen off, and, and you know in terms of the bat offensively in particular. So, you know, thank thankfully uh, Yasmani is in it may, motivated because he's going into his walk year. I mean, I don't know if motivation was an issue, but whatever, it's got to be better than that. But I think Benatendi, you can expect more consistent numbers than we've gotten in the other big contract that recently signed. When you say walk year, I mean, you're describing his game. <laughs> That's all Grandel does is walk. Yeah. That's his uh, game. And I, I, I like a walk as much as anyone. But yeah. on this team, yeah. when you're lefty, you know, lefty, I like the baseball. A, I like the home run trot better yeah. than the walk. And that, and again, it, it, it's not. That's why Benintendi isn't the perfect player, right? But that's no. also why you got him at fifteen a year. Uh, the, the the White Sox need some left-handed slug. I think he can get back to at least being dangerous in that area. I mean, he's not Schwarber, but um, at least he has other attributes. Let's go to Ken in Tinley Park. You're on ESPN One Thousand. Ken, morning. Uh, my complaint with the Cubs who have been a Cub fan my entire life, is I believe it was Jed Hoyer said that when they traded away the the biggest group with Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and let Schwarber go and Castellano go, they said they were good. Beans, we didn't sign our free agents. We'll spend that money on other free agents. Well, I just haven't seen that money spent because if you add up all the money for contracts that those people have gotten 
and you're probably looking at a million and a half, $150 million a year if you divide it for an average salary. We haven't spent that. And all they want to do is spend money on fringe players to make it happen until they get good again. That's ridiculous for the fan base they have and for the major market that they have. And I still can't get over, and I probably never will, that they never re-sign Wilson Contreras because what you did was now you need another piece to fill on your ball club, and you already had too many pieces to begin with to get. Thanks for the call. You know, again, Brian, it's interesting because nobody, in theory, nobody wants to see them sign a bad deal, right? Um, because bad deals come back to haunt you. Uh, and so, I, I, but but they're going to have to sign a bad deal to get one of these great players. That's the sort of irony of it all. Um, because, you have to stick your neck out there. Okay? Yeah. They're yeah. guaranteed deals, but they're not guaranteed to work. But that's why you have a front office full of numbers crunchers, analysts, scouts, your own eyes, Jed. Um, you've been doing this for more than a minute, so you should trust. I mean, I hope he's not gun shy. Um, that, well, that, that you look, that's the debate. That is the debate right there. Think about what he's done the last couple of years. You would not one of those deals you would say, Oh my God, that's a terrible deal. You wouldn't no. Suzuki. Okay. That kind of makes sense. Even though, you know, whatever we, he didn't play here yet, but the going rate, he, okay. Uh, Tyon, no, oh, yeah. four sixty eight. All right. That's good. You know, uh, that, that'll make sense. Uh, every one of them kind of makes sense. And I, I guess he should be commended for that in some respect. In this environment, to jump to the next level, you're going to have to make do something that doesn't necessarily make sense. No, you got to put, you got to stick your neck out there. And you know, I, I look on the south side. You know, you asked before the break which was the the worst non tender. Oh yeah, yeah, Rodon or, or Schwarber, and forever. I mean, I go back to when I was covering the White Sox full time and Ron Schuler, and I've told this story before. We were down at the winter meetings in Louisville. And Greg Maddox was leaving the Cubs as a free agent. Larry Hines was chasing him out of town. And he'd already had – so so we're down in the winter meetings, and Ron Schuler just lights up a cigarette and says, you know, by the way, we're in on, on Maddox. Just unsolicited. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're in on Maddox. He goes, yeah, we, you know, we've been talking to his agent. And this is when the, the Sox were adamant about not giving any pitcher more than three years on a deal because of, right. you know, the, the injury risk, right? And, and right. they know that when you get into years four or five and beyond, there's a chance that you're going to be paying a guy who's not available. Maddox already had two five-year deals guaranteed from the Braves and the Yankees. Gene Michael was driving uh, Greg Maddox around uh, Long Island or wherever the hell he was to, to find a place to live with his new uh, Yankee money. And he ends up with Atlanta. He, you know, the Sox were no more in on Greg Maddox than I was. You, you, you know, you're three years and whatever. It doesn't match five years and whatever. And so, you know, fast forward to Carlos Rodon. I, I understood where the White Sox, because of his injury history and, and shortly after they drafted him and he was used so much in college, you know, all of a sudden he wasn't available and he was pitching through things and he was sidelined. I understood not and maybe not because he got a, what a two year deal with the uh, with the Giants and one year opt out, um, but he bet on himself. I understood that more than Schwarber, and I was not, I mean I, I like Kyle Schwarber. I like the fact that he hit home runs, but before it became universal DH, I just I didn't want him to have a baseball glove on. I mean, and to his credit, he got in much better shape, and to even more of his credit, he actually worked on his defense 
and was not near the liability in the last couple of seasons that he had been with the Chicago Cubs. That said, I mean, I would say that the 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 Schwarber non-tender was was the worst of the two because at least there had been some injury history with Carlos Rodon, and you thought you were moving on, you were going to get Dallas Keuchel, and what a disaster that ended up being. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you ended up on this, but you know Schwarber was one-dimensional, but he was a fan favorite. You know, you had the baseball on top of the scoreboard encased in plastic or whatever. I didn't see him becoming this player and this kind of you know monster offensively more consistently. God bless him, he has been, and he's getting paid for it. Yeah, I agree. Schwarber was the worst one, but um, for some a, a reason you haven't mentioned is that left-handed power hitters don't grow on trees. No, exactly. And evidenced by the the Cubs are desperate for one. The the White Sox were desperate for one, and still, still probably yeah, and still probably need one, even though Benintendi's in the fold. Um, the Cubs are dying for a left-handed power. They don't grow on trees. It's not easy to hit 30 at Wrigley Field. It's not easy. This is one reason I worry about Bellinger at Wrigley. You and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't grow on trees. And there's a guy that even if he hit 210, uh, was going to hit 30 pretty much every year. And now without the shift and with the DH, there were other reasons to keep him. Now, you didn't know necessarily all of that was going to come. You could have predicted the, the DH, though. So uh, I think that one was was worse as well. 312-332-3776, the number couple phones uh, a couple phone lines open we'll get to you on hold in just a moment we got to take a quick break right here on ESPN 1000 back on ESPN 1000 until 11 Jesse Rogers Brian Hanley with you taking your phone call 312-332-3776 that's the number Brian um we dropped a spot in the NFL <laughs> tankathon. The Bears now picking third. Mm. Seattle from Denver will pick second. Houston first if it plays out this way. But of course, the well, Bears have a we chance got a to loss lose coming tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty good. I'm, I'm all for I'm all for the tankathon, Brian. But I, I actually, you know, we're talking about how depressing it is in Chicago with Chicago sports. I actually wouldn't mind an upset as much as I want them to get the second pick. It'd be pretty cool if they somehow upset the best team in football, right? I'm, I'm surprised they're only eight-point underdogs. I know it's at home. But um, uh, that, you know, a 12-1 and Eagles team coming, I guess if the Eagles just show up and think they, they don't have to do much to, to get a win, they're probably right. But that's that could be a little bit – I don't know who the Eagles have next week. I don't know if this is a legit it's Dallas. trap game. It's, yeah, it's Dallas. Well, that's a trap game. I yeah. mean, that's legit. Uh, you know, but they haven't shown the, the team that's just going to go through the motions. And even if they did, they probably – against the Bears defense would put up enough points to, to escape with a win if probably not cover. But um, yeah, it's um, I, I, at the beginning of the year, even though Vegas had the six and a half over under total for the Bears, and I thought under was a pretty safe bet. I didn't see a six game losing streak um, in their future. I, they're going to lose a lot of games, but I thought given that it looks like they finally have a professional coaching staff and you know, I thought Justin Fields was going to develop, and he has, but maybe not as quickly early on the season, the first four or five, six games, you know, night and day compared to what he's been when he's healthy in these last half dozen. But here you are at some point, you know, maybe not against the Eagles, but when you can have the Lions on the ropes in the final few minutes, you got to win those games, right? I mean, that just for the sake of, of the guys in the room and the effort you put in, and 
that's one thing they haven't proven that they can score when a game's on the line late, late in the fourth quarter. They just, they've caught, coughed it up more often than not. And, you know, here they sit having, you know, it's not a Matt Nagy six game losing streak because Matt had a lot more uh, assets and things going for him. And, and it was remarkable that he couldn't find a way to win. But I, I didn't think that you would be able to drop as many games as you did because you couldn't get it done when you had leads late in the games. But I don't know when they traded all those defensive players. You know, well, that changed the dynamic yeah, too. I mean, when I was when I was thinking at the beginning of the season that um, I didn't think Roquan was going anywhere. Right? I thought right, they were going to exactly. find a way to sign him. So, but right. and, I, and, I'm in, and I'm in Sylvie's camp. Uh, you know, he's argued with Yurko about this that they'll learn how to win those fourth quarter games when they have better players. Don't, I'm not worried about learning to win. Um, as Justin Fields gets better, he'll have. Uh, we'll look up and he'll have some of those fourth quarter comebacks we see when they put up Drew Brees' numbers and t- you know what I mean. It'll 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 work out once they have better players. I'm I'm convinced of that as well. Let's go to Paul and Will Met, who's been holding for a while. Paul, you're on ESPN 1000. Go ahead. Hi, this is Paul. Yeah, go Can ahead, Paul. Me? Yep. Hey, it's actually Mantino, but that's okay. No worries. Um, I just wanted to call, what is the possibility? I know there's a couple free agents out there. I'm not sure where the money is. Um, Segura for second base, and then, you know, what? I don't think Andrews wants to play second. Is there any chance of picking those guys up, do you think, with money left, or do you think the Sox are going to just say this is our free agent signing and we're stuck with this and we're going to live with the rest of the guys? I think there could be a cheaper signing left. It's possible. I was surprised they spent the the, the seventy five on 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 Benatendi. So I'm not I'm not going to say never. I mean, it was Rick Hahn who said we'll probably do more trades than free agents, and he's done two free agents and zero trades. So I, I wouldn't say never. I you know nobody ever knows a, a team's budget. They keep that close to the vest. But you're talking about a smaller signing. Yeah, I, th- I think it's possible. Sure. Hey, uh, on the other side of town with Swanson. Yeah. What what are you hearing? I mean, he's not going to get $350 million 13 years like Korea, obviously. But it's the last of the four. And now that when you have that many more teams that lost out on these guys, the other guys, what is his market in terms of years and money? And, and yeah. you know. I'll just give the total package because with years, you never know because some, some teams are willing to spread it out to lower that AAV. And so the years aren't the big deal. It's really the, the overall number. Um, I'll give you the range. The range is basically, in my opinion, this is my opinion, educated opinion, I guess, 170 to 225. That is the extreme range, maybe even 160 to 225. I'm giving you the extreme range. Now, the more specific range, probably 175 to 210. Like, I don't hmm. think he's going more than 210. I, this is again. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Uh, I see. I was thinking, and I, you know, you know much more about this, and you're much closer to it. I was thinking because of the way we've seen these contracts explode, and now when you have maybe half a dozen teams on on you know the, to the last guy standing in, in uh, Swanson, two two hundred to two fifty. Is there an outlier out there that would go to two fifty and and just blow everybody else out of the water? I don't think two fifty. I don't think two two fifty. This is you know, a j- different player than the other guys. He's not an 800 OPS. 250 would be would be quite something. Uh, maybe his agents can pull it off. They wouldn't um, be spending intelligently, Judd. Yeah, yeah. So let's just let's use 200 as kind of the over under at okay. this point. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's more likely over. I mean, it's interesting. The Red Sox 
and the Twins. You know, I've dismissed the Twins over the last week, but maybe I shouldn't because almost like how the Giants had, I don't know, 360-plus to spend on Judge, that was going to end up landing somewhere, right? And they were very public about Judge, so you couldn't just go, you know, (laughs) go back to your uh, cave and say, all right, we're done. Um, they ha- you know, they had to do something after missing out. Do the Twins have to do something after missing out on Correa? Yes. And they certainly would have to overpay to get Swanson. They, they 100%. Absolutely, they and maybe, have, and maybe they you're to. right about closer to being something like 250 to do that. Boston, after leave, letting oh. Bogarts go, you know, like, do they have to do something? And in both cases, if they do it, it in their minds, they're still saving money because they were probably going to spend, you know, more on Bogarts or Correa than they will on Swanson. So it's a weird dynamic going on with some of these teams, right? The Cubs weren't so public about Correa like the Twins were. And now the Twins, to save face, might have to, you know, over. I don't think he's going to Minnesota, though. I just don't. Well, and and look, so he got married, right? His fiance is, okay, so they're, they're, I know that's part of the equation, but if it does get up to 230, are the Cubs players in that, or is there is there a, is there a limit that Jed has because we've been talking about it? You know, he's he's just he's kind of in wait and see mode as well. Um, I want to be clear he, that 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 this is all speculative on my yeah. part. Um, I I don't think he would go to two thirty. No, um, I I don't think he'd go to two thirty, and I I think he's probably. I don't think it. I don't think the number will go to two thirty. So. He might not have to make that decision. And we're talking, what, like 10 years, right? No. Uh, 11? Well, if it was 230, it might be. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it was 200, it'd be probably more like eight or nine years. Right, right. So um, I don't think the number is going to get to 230. I don't think the Cubs will go to 230. So hopefully he, he may not have to make that decision. But look, all bets are off. No one saw Turner and Correa getting as no. much as they did. I certainly didn't. And even Bogert's getting 280. So I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up. Well, and now the Dodgers are, are sniffing around. So, you know, it, crazy money could be, uh, could be uh, now in play. Now that would be the team that just kind of comes in at the end and feels like giving out 210 is nothing, right? Because right. They, ter- they didn't want to give 300 to Turner. They're, that's another team that said, well, we just saved $90 million and we still got a good shortstop. And by the you way, know. we're going to actually try to win a World Series. You know, so, right. you know, want to be part of that? Join us. And there's a women's professional soccer team in L.A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So keep that in mind as well. So I, I, I think we're starting to enter the, the final phase of the Dansby Swanson sweepstakes. Um, but I don't know. He certainly is the last of the uh, – I'd call it the top eight. There were, t- there were eight. There were the four shortstops, Judge, last Rodon. Year. What's that? Last year, right. I mean, we're not going to see a shortstop class like this for a long right. time, right? The last couple have been pretty good. Yes, absolutely. But I, I consider there were eight top free agents, the four shortstops, Rodon, five, Judge, six, um, uh, uh, who am I missing? A couple others. And they're, they've all, they're all off the board except for Swanson. So he's kind of the, the, the last guy here. Oh, Verlander um, yeah. and, and DeGrom. There's your eight. There's your eight. So – He's the last one. I, I, I don't know if it's a pre-Christmas or post-Christmas thing, but it, it's, it's probably sooner rather than later. And uh, get ready. We'll, <laughs> phone lines will be open if the Cubs don't sign them, that's for sure. Ooh. And certainly if they do. Certainly if they do. All right, we've got to take one final break. Peggy and Deanne are coming up. We cannot be late handing it off to them. Uh, Jesse Rogers, Brian Hanley to 11 on ESPN 1000. 
Jesse Rogers, Brian Hanley. We're going to hand it off to Peggy and Dion coming up at the top of the hour. We began the show, Brian, um, with the Bulls and the White Sox and Ben Benintendi. I want to circle back to the Bulls and ask you a question. We've kind of referenced oh, it a little on, bit. Hang on, hang on. Oh. We're in extra, Croatia's upsetting Morocco 2-1 to one in, in extra time. Okay, oh, really? I'm back with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've got Very to turn exciting. that back on. I've got, my bold, heart. Yeah. I, I've got, I got the bold, bowl game on in this studio here. So yeah. um, Louisville up 7 nothing on Cincinnati. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Billy Donovan. Uh, how much, you know, I, I kind of referenced, hey, he had a whole uh, uh, training camp to get ready without Lonzo, and what have they done? So I, I, I you can you get my vibe. I'm a kind of I'm sort of down on him, and I don't know if it's fair to say what the heck has he done in his NBA career. He had some good teams in Oklahoma City. What they do? They had one like good playoff run in his first year there. I mean, but, but maybe I'm not being fair because I'm I'm not the, well, the I mean, NBA and, guy that you are. He actually had stud players in Oklahoma City. Right. He doesn't have that here. But I'm with you when it comes down to the intangibles: effort, consistency. You know, it was 15 to 2 in rebounds. And we've been talking about guys, I mean, development, Patrick Williams. Lowry Markinen is doing pretty well out in Utah, right? Um, it was actually 38th in that poll to Zach Levine's 40th. But, that's not, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Think that's about not that. good. Um, he just got the extension. I said at the beginning of the show, if Jim Boylan was doing what, what he's doing right now, what yes, uh, you did, yeah. team. And it's okay, Lonzo. I get it. Lonzo balls out, but like that NBA executive said, I get how important he is. Is he this important? Well, apparently so. But shame you shouldn't. You shouldn't put all you know all that on one guy, who's not Steph Curry or you know name a player Duran or right? I'm disappointed. And when when he says, "Oh, I think we've got good character in the locker room," it's prove it time. I mean, Joe Colley. His lead today was something in the Chicago Sun-Times. At some point this season, we'll have to start meaning something for this organization. Uh, a, quote, let's start giving a damn moment that turns the underachieving around. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sum it up better than that. It, you, you don't have the best talent. You have one of your key players, if not the key player out. I get all that. There, there's not enough enough give a damn you know, effort. I mean, you you it's just not good enough. And you can't go from everyone's darling beginning last season into January and then Lonzo Ball goes out and you're a sixth place team and wins one playoff game. And now you're 11 and 17. It doesn't look like it's even going to be that good this year. Yeah. I just saw this tweet from our buddy, John Greenberg from the athletic. Uh, (laughs) It's almost shocking how bad the bulls were on Friday night. And he writes a column. So go read. I haven't read it yet, but I just like that. It it is almost shocking how bad they were coming off of the same team on Wednesday and getting beat in a closer game to play even worse Friday. Um, Jalen Brunson looked like freaking Seth Curry. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Jake uh, said at least, you know, it's fun to watch him. Okay, that's where we're at now is, you know, we're, we're now enjoying, you know, watching other teams light up your, the hometown heroes. How'd that Twitter poll, uh, the Twitter poll turn out about the Bulls in particular, Jake? Yeah, what do you so, got, Jake? With the Bulls, what grade would you give the Bulls front office slash coach? It's a resounding C with a 47.8% and D slash F with 43.3%. So more than ninety percent. I, I don't know how it's a C. And, and did I, earlier I saw A got one percent. AK must have voted. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, who's given this team an A or a B or, or even in my world a C? I don't C, see right? how 
How's this a passing grade? Well, it can't be an A. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, well, I, I, <laughs> C is average. A. C is passable. I that's not. I'm sorry. I have a standard higher than that. No matter who's hurt. You could talk yourself into a C. You could. You could talk I yourself did. into C because you could just say Lonzo being hurt. Um, okay, we'll give them a break. It's a C. It's not a failing grade or whatever the case may be. So, but but you're right. I mean, who wants to see this guy was supposed to be the next best thing, right? Yeah, and. and, and- um, and, and it's been terrible. What was the uh, result of the other Chicago centric uh, question? Which team? Uh, in which team are you most disappointed currently in this town? Yeah, so the Bulls lead the way on that, forty seven point five percent, and then the Cubs aren't too far behind with thirty one point nine. And last is the Bears. So there's some outlook People on that. People understand what they're supposedly doing at Hall. So and a year from now we'll be reevaluating that. But um, but yeah, the White Sox having signed Ben Attendee. Uh, fared pretty well today, or relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah, right, Jake. Where did White Sox finish? Yeah, it's seventeen point four percent. So, well, they did something, bad. so they get credit for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. I mean, uh, yeah. So, well, it all changed tomorrow along the lakefront. Lakefront, Brian. Our moods will change. The vibe in this city will change because the upset of the year in the NFL is happening. By the way, you, you mentioned the Eagles. I mean. You know, for whatever it's worth, I looked this up yesterday because we were talking. I picked the Eagles to blow them out, but that's me. And then I looked it up. They're only two and four against the spread on the road this year. Mm, so okay. they, they, they've won some closer games on the road. I have it here like, uh, you know, 29-17 against Houston. I'm sure they were favored by more than 12, for example. But there's even closer, 2017 at Arizona, 17-16 at Indianapolis. That was, I think, maybe Jeff Saturday's first game. Maybe I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah. So there's been some closer games. Doesn't mean they're losing them. They're not losing them, but they they've they've kept it a little bit closer on the road. But it also is a result of high point spreads because they're they're so good. Right. Well, I'll be I mean, uh, back here tomorrow at nine a.m. face painting because it'll be Argentina and France on while I'm on. <laughs> so uh, you know me. I just I, I I'm World Cup uh, crazy. But yeah, so we you know, we'll set you up for Jeff and Dion's pregame show, and um, yeah, Bears, uh, Eagles, Justin Fields is out there. Jalen Hurts should be entertaining anyway. Uh, oh, be... I, I, that's the one thing about the Bear games these days; they're entertaining. Yep. They're yep. entertaining. They tend to be high scoring uh, many times for the opponent, but sometimes for the Bears as well. All right, that's going to do it for us, Brian. Great being with you. Yeah, it was always. fun. Let's do it again sometime, hopefully. I, I'm sure we will. We've been doing it for decades together, so yeah. I'm sure we will. Thanks to Jake uh, Cantu for producing, spinning the dials, answering the calls. Jake, thank you for keeping this on the tracks, and stay tuned. The Marquee Show on Saturday is coming up next. It's Peggy and Dion. Two of the best in the business. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend. So long.